Um, joining me in the studio right now is Lawson Broad. He's the CEO of Somerville Community Services, but also the Vice Chair of uh, the NDS here in the Northern Territory. Good morning to you, Lawson. Good morning, Katie. Now, Lawson, I know that um, I think you'd have to say the last couple of years has been quite confusing in a lot of different ways, but for a lot of different sectors, particularly the likes of the disability sector, it's been mm. a bit of a confusing time in recent months and in recent weeks as some of these different uh, Chief Health Officer directors come into place. Um, I know that um, that you are quite concerned, as are others, about trying to interpret and sort of comply with these CHO directions. Can you talk us through how it is going at the moment from your experience in the disability sector? Sure. So I think the first thing I'd like to emphasise is that we are doing everything possible to comply with every new CHO direction. But what we're struggling with is that that's uh, very often that's not an easy thing to do. I think on my last count, we've got 49 current CHO directions. We've had 46 uh, since January the 1st, and we really are struggling to keep up. Uh, we've been in situations where I've got my whole management team uh, around the table. The, the last time that uh, requirements for people isolating was changed for essential workers. Uh, so we had an announcement. It was two days later and we still didn't have the CHO direction. We were sitting around a table, a copy of the NT News. Someone else had the Chief Minister's Facebook page. Someone else was looking at the coronavirus NT website. And we were doing the best we could to work out how we should be responding wow. because every time one of these changes it's an enormous mm. administrative effort for us we've got to get the communication right with our staff because as we hear at every news conference if we don't uh, we're up for a $25,000 fine and that's the least of our worries we yeah. work in really high risk services and and we must get this right I think um, we have done everything we possibly could to work constructively with government. So between Annie, who's the chair of the uh, NDSNT State Committee, we have uh, met with the CEO of Territory Families. We have spoken with the Office of the Minister for Disability, spoken with the Office of the Minister for Health. We have written to the Minister for Health, Minister for Disabilities, Chief Health Officer, CEO of, uh, of the Department of Health, yep. to say... We, we need more warning. We need more consultation. We've got real practical concerns here mm -hmm. that uh, in terms of implementing these directions. So, Lawson, which directions are the, are the most difficult at this point in time? Is it that vaccine mandate for the for the third booster shot? Is that the biggest concern at that's, the moment? That's the, that's the straw that I think has broken yep. the camel's back. Uh, so we had the announcement on Friday. We're talking four days later now, and we still don't have the official access to the official CHO directions. So we have five or six weeks to turn this around within our workforce, which is not an easy thing to do, and we don't even have the official document to refer to to know what we should be complying with. So you're literally just going off what's been said in that press conference and what you're reading in the media at this point in time. There is a single paragraph on the coronavirus NT website that, that simply says uh, essential workers must be vaccinated by March the 11th. That is totally unworkable for some of our workforce. And I can tell you, our workforce is, is constrained the same as everyone else's. Mm -hmm. When we've got supermarkets in the Northern Territory closing their doors because they can't staff them, we, when we've got Danila Dilba closing clinics because yeah. of staff shortages, I can tell you that when we end up in that situation, we will be transporting people to hospital because we won't be in a position to provide the supports that they require 24 hours a day. Lawson, um... 
right now, obviously, like you've pointed out, it's difficult to try and comply with everything. Now, with this third booster shot, what's the main reason why this is kind of tough for your sector? So um, it's partly because of the lack of clarity. Yep. So if someone did everything they should to mm-hmm. comply with the with the direction to be fully vaccinated by the 24th of December, they cannot receive a booster vaccine un- unless a minimum of three months has expired. That's March the 24th. Now, this mandate comes in on March the 11th. I'll be in a position where I'm standing down those affected workers for two weeks without pay I can't staff rosters. It's an impossible situation. So how, I mean, how tough going is it right now when it comes to staff for the disability sector? Well, initially it was initially it was tough because of the isolation requirements. Yep. Now we are getting more and more workers go down who have actually contracted coronavirus. Mm. The real risk for us is what happens when someone in one of our houses contracts coronavirus? What are the requirements in terms of isolation? Mm. How do we manage that? Because we, we can't isolate every one of our participants in a bedroom. We've got all of those concerns. Three weeks ago, we wrote to the Minister for Health and the Chief Health Officer. Uh, more than three weeks ago, we haven't had a response. So still waiting to hear from the Health Minister on this. And we're not talking panic here. These no. are really practical yep. concerns. But you just need to work through them. Otherwise, it could actually be a really, really difficult situation where, A, you may not have staff who are yep. able to work, um, and B, you don't know what you need to do then if you do wind up with cases of COVID in some of those homes. But that's exactly right. It shouldn't be down to every service provider mm. to manage their own risks when clearly this will have a flow-on effect for our health system. Once we get to a position where we have to close a house and we are transporting five people to a hospital, whether that's Alice Springs, Catherine or Darwin, but the hospital system can't keep up that's with that. That's exactly right. But, but we can't provide the services. Yeah. And see, this is the thing, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, if that clear direction is provided, it does mean that in the long run, it's hopefully going to make things easier on everyone, including the health system. At the very, very least, we need access to the most current information. Mm. We need a single point of truth. And so... When the government amends a direction or when they revoke a direction, what they should be doing is publishing a consolidated version so we know that's what we need to comply with as an essential service. We don't need to look elsewhere. So really, that is what you are after. You are after that really clear communication from the government when one of these mandates is announced or when one of these changes is announced, what the disability sector, and by the sounds of it, other sectors need as well, is a bit of a Bible that goes up on the website um, that you can click on and you can see exactly what your sector needs to do. There are two things. That's the first, absolute clarity of information. And the second is, please talk to us. Because what seems to be happening is that we're an afterthought. The announcement gets made. We're told, you work it out, $25,000 if you don't. When we've got, as I say, these really practical concerns that we could easily work out Mm. around a table, questions we can raise and get resolved before a CHO direction gets issued and then gets amended.
Well, then surely we would just want the best for everybody. You know, I, I would think that realistically the government wouldn't want to be, um, you know, placing a $25,000 fine on a sector like the disability sector. But then you go, you've just got to make it a bit more easy for people to be able to understand exactly what's required. And as I say, that's the least of our worries. We, we, we operate yeah. in high-risk services. We must get it right. Absolutely. Well, Lawson Broad, I always appreciate your time. Um, mate, thank you very much for coming into the studio with us this morning. Uh, with that hat on, obviously, as the Vice Chair of the NDS here in the Northern Territory, but also um, as the CEO of Somerville Services. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you.